Buenos dias, and welcome to This Week in Game, a podcast series from Deconstructor Fun. So today, it's just me, Mishka Kadikov, and Joseph Kim, no request this time around, and we are talking about three interesting topics from last week's, or last week. So number one is going to be Jam City, science mobile game development deal with Disney. Number two is Blizzard has some of its best developers working on mobile games for all IP. And number three, Flare Game restructure leads to 45 layouts as CEO Klaus Kirsting steps down. Now, as always, leave a comment. As always, please do subscribe. And as always, please do enjoy. Good evening, morning, JK. Hey, how's it going? Well, I'm I'm well, but how are you? Post up and everything. So. Yeah, so I, I did like completely tear my Achilles tendon, had the surgery, and um, just got like um, you know um, this, the bandages and stuff off today. So icing it like crazy, but you know I'm I'm very I feel really fortunate that. Um, you know, in, in another time, I would be crippled for life. But yeah, it's amazing, like the new medical procedures, so I can like walk again and 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 things like that. So you know, I, I I'm actually feeling really good. And it's really good that you didn't hurt your hand, so that you're able to play Clash Royale daily. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're not you're not losing your ranking. Your guild is not kicking you off the team. So so that's that's very fortunate. I mean, I follow you on Instagram, and it seems to be the the go-to activity at the, yeah, uh, the yeah, park. Definitely the mobile game I'm playing the most for sure. Uh, <laughs> although I, I'm starting to get into a little bit of Badland Brawl, you know, just, uh, just, just trying it out. <laughs> You're trying it now, right now, but you haven't played it before, right? In soft yeah, launch. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool game. If people haven't played it, Badland, is it Badlands Brawl? Badland Brawl. Yeah. Badland Brawl. Good name. Definitely a good name. Uh, I think Supercell has copyrighted the name Brawl. Okay. But so but since since Badland Brawl is a game from God damn it, what's the, what's the company? Actually, I don't I don't even know who the developer is. It's a Finnish developer. It's okay. uh, they did they did um Badlands. I think Badlands was the game. There was a paid game. They had 1 and 2, really really great, like superb quality. Uh, I mean I mean amazing amazing uh, sort of indie developer that that found success through their game. And now they've shifted to free to play, and they shifted with the help of Supercell because Supercell has invested. And I believe Supercell has like five five fifty one percent of oh. of the uh, of the equity. So it's a Supercell company, and um, that's why it looks a lot like like um, Clash Royale. Yep. But you like that sort of a uh, physical aspect of of Badlands Brawl. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, you know as I was messaging you the the other day, I, I feel like it could be better if it were like. Angry Birds Brawl, but... Um, oh, shit. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> but uh, anyway... Um, it, yeah. it is. I mean, it is a slingshot game with, with two slingshots. And and I actually have to agree on that because I've, I've been playing Badland Brawl for quite a while. I believe it, it entered soft launch um, a year ago. So it has been in soft launch for quite a while. The, the only issue that I have with that game is is the visual communication. And in the sense that I don't, I don't get the characters and the units in the game so it's it's um it's difficult for me to make the decisions they're not like you know a goblin comes out and i understand what goblin is it's a weak 
probably pretty high DPS, probably pretty cheap unit, you know, that, that sort of, or if it's giant and I can do things with that. But in that, they, they kind of, they introduce their own world, the Batland world. And it is, um, it is kind of like a fairy tale on acid, uh, that kind of world. So, so it's really hard to understand. Right. But really cool. So very, very much um, encourage everybody to download Badland Brawl. Um, awesome game. But we're talking about other other stuff today, not Badland Brawl. Uh, yeah, think, a lot of interesting news. Yeah, 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 yeah. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Jam City? Do you want to start with Blizzard? Uh, or yeah, or you want to give give a quick re- recap to our uh, audience of what we're going to yeah. be talking about? So everybody who skipped the intro, <laughs> we're going to talk about oh, okay. Jam City signing mobile game development deal with Disney. We're going to talk about Blizzard. Uh, Blizzard has some of its best developers working on mobile games for all IP. And the third news is Flare Games restructuring, which which has led to 45 layoffs, as well as CEO Klaus Kirsting uh, stepping down uh, from the role of a CEO and basically dividing that company into two. So these are these. this is the trifecta for today. JK, your pick, as always. Um, yeah, I I can start with uh, Jam City news, which is you mm-hmm. know pretty pretty exciting news. Um, and basically, what this article is talking about is that uh, Jam City announced a multi-year deal to create mobile games using Pixar and Walt Disney characters and films. And on top of that, uh, Jam City will also take over the um, the game Disney Emoji Blitz, including the ga- Glendale-based game studio that was op- live operating that game. And uh, I think the first new game uh, that they will launch will be based on an upcoming sequel to Frozen. So, you know, I, I think the first first question I have for you, Mishka, about this news is like, what, what, what is your take? Do you think this is a good move or a bad move for, for Jam City? And what about for Disney? Mm, I think I think for let's start with Disney. Uh, we've, we've probably talked about Disney <laughs> to, uh, I mean, a lot of times. And then essentially this is. This is Disney again going to the other direction where they're not making games internally and they want to when they want to publish everything. So so pretty good news for Disney. They're working with a, with a developer that is um, solid. I mean, Jam City is solid as a, as a, as a developer can be. Um, but but from from Jam City's perspective, so so they have been previously investing into their own IPs. Um, I, and every single IP has, has just <laughs> exited my mind, except <laughs> like Panda, Pop, Panda Pop. Or... Panda Pop was the only one that I remember. Cookie Jam, I think, yeah. was was the other one. Two big ones. Yeah, and then there's the um, there's this one game that I kept playing a lot. It was uh, Juice Jam. Juice Jam is such a great game. Okay. Anyway, uh, so so it seems that the Jam City was previously investing a lot in their own IPs, and now they're working with Disney uh, on on. On short term, I think this is good because what it allows, in my opinion, it allows really to reskin the existing games, you know, add a little bit of an elements and, and kind of launch them as, as Disney IPs yep. through that lower, most likely lower the CPI by lo- lowering the, uh, the, the, the CTR and, and, and kind of, you know, getting users a little bit cheaper. Uh, but on the long term, I think it's a it's always a very big risk working with third party, third party versus your internal internal IPs, especially for the company of the size of, of Jam City, uh, it would be much better for them naturally as they're gunning for the IPO to have their own IPs. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's given. And as we've seen with, with, you know, next games that, that we deconstruct, I believe in the, in the last episode, 
things can, you know, things can be pretty difficult when working only with, with big IP holders. So right. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely think that's a really good point. Like with the acquisition of Tinyco, it did sort of, to your point, like start to establish GMCD as a company that's kind of shifting more towards, you know, um, big IPs. Um, not, not, you know, not only Harry Potter, but now with the, with these, um, Disney, um, IP, I, it seems like that's likely the direction that they're, that they're heading, which mm. kind of speaks to their strategy. And for Disney, like, you know, we, we had, um, I, I believe we had talked about this in previous Twig episodes, but, you know, um, we, we did sort of speculate that Disney was, you know, they, they had already, announced that they, they were going to be moving more towards a licensing model. And this is definitely a, you know, a further move towards that type of a model. And I think the, the big question that comes next is really about what happens, as we have also speculated in previous Twig episodes, with Fox Next, because clearly this is you know, a stronger signal that, yes, they're, they're, you know, Disney is just going to be a, a, a licensing entity. And so, you know... Um, I would suspect that, you know, uh, Fox Next is, is I mean, I, I don't think it makes sense where they are with Disney. And so probably only a matter of time before it's sold off and whether it's to, you know, I think before we were speculating, maybe it may be a Scopely, but, you know, whether it's Scopely or JC or someone else, I guess my question for you, Mishka, kind of prediction time, what do you think will happen to Fox Next, like in terms of, you know, acquirer? or some other potential scenario? And when do you think it'll happen? Oh, okay. So, so I think, I don't know. I think you're kind of jumping the gun here because you assume okay. that the, uh, the changes will happen so fast. And with the corporation, the size of a Disney with, with Marvel and all the other Fox yeah. and everything. Uh, I mean, yeah, no, I, 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 my time frame is one to two years. Okay. Is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, so, you know, things, things might go pretty slow. What happens with, with Fox next? I believe Fox next is profitable and they have the avatar game and works. So they've been hiring for, for that one. And, you know, avatar is going to launch what, three more movies or four more movies in, in pretty rapid succession. So, so there's that going on. Um, Marvel strike force has been success. The only risk that I see for, uh, for Fox Nest next is the fact that Niantic bought Seismic. Uh, right. And Seismic Games is, if you don't know, well, if you open up Marvel Strike Force, you'll see two companies kind of developing that game. It's it's the Fox Next and it's the Seismic Games. And what I understand from uh, from 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 the streets is that they've been working really really closely. I meaning they're all sitting in the same studio and then with us with the size of a, of a team of like. 80 to 100 people that is uh, any of these, you know, great RPG games. When half of the developers are from Seismic Games and now they're being bought by Niantic, what's going to happen for the development of that game? Um, given that it's live, you know, it's in pretty clear content cadence, I think they can they can handle the transition. But it is definitely a big risk for 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 Strike Force, a game that is top ten RPG game, but not not that top five. So so they they still need development power to keep um, to keep themselves in the game to to add more features, not only not only new characters. So um, interesting stuff. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. It's you know I, I think basically what you're saying is like 
for an acquirer who wants to buy Fox Next, are you buying a title or are you buying a development studio? Because to your point, and I heard the same words from on, on from the street that you know Seismic clearly had a pretty significant, if not majority, sort of contribution in terms of development of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so it's it's always it's always a difficult a difficult element there. So I I mean I hope they don't do any radical moves. I don't I don't think with a corporation like Disney, they have to be in or out. You know what I mean? Like they can do licensing and they can self-publish and they can do, they can do it all at the same time. They're just so large. Um, so I hope, I hope they kind of, you know, be more patient this time around, not, not go through the same cycle. They do all the time, all in on internal publishing, all <laughs> out on internal publishing, all in on but, licensing. But I, I think all that in has on- been the public messaging, right? I, I think they've been saying we're just, we're just going to do licensing. I believe that's that's. What but didn't they just lay off the whole Salt Lake City studio with like three hundred great people and and you know the the SF and and stuff like that? That was I think two years ago, and and now you know they had the Fox Next and success and like well not not big enough success. They want to change this. They want to change that. It seems like reorg is the key competence of Disney. So, so <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, it's a good competence. I'm not saying that, but, but I, I, w- I would wish they would be a little bit more patient and, mm-hmm. you know, setting up a studio and, and with the, for the Fox next studio, it seems to be a successful studio. I mean, given that, that, that strike force were their first game and it's a phenomenal game. So, you know, give them time. I mean, give them time to launch a couple of more, more new games and, and then keep that keep that on the side, and then do whatever you want with the Disney licenses. I mean, they're being given it away like candy. Like, who doesn't have a Disney license? So, <laughs> so that's that's all I gotta say. Is like, I, I wish they were patient and not not reorg everything just for the sake of reorging. Got it. All right, on to the next article. All right, Blizzard has some of its best developers working on mobile games for all IPs. So this was an interesting news, and, and in the last episode we talked about we talked about you being at BlizzCon uh, yep. back then when you were able to walk, and, um, and you were talking a lot about the, the sort of a on the ground feedback that you that you heard from 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 Blizzard um, announcing um, Diablo Immortal, and um, you know the, the feedback was really bad, and I think a lot of people who haven't seen why or haven't really gotten into the outrage are still writing about the outrage and kind of creating their own hypothesis. And then you see uh, Pocket Gamer had an article about Diablo and why why the, why people hate it so much. And I think they missed the point. I think they this is my assumption. I think they don't they didn't really, you know, dive deep into the comment section. They didn't really, you know, look that much through the uh, the videos of announcement because what they were talking about is 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 the fact of of you know, you're launching this. They're basically saying that it makes no sense of taking a console or a PC game that has a strong heritage to mobile. And I call bullshit. I mean, listen, Fallout Shelter is that strong console or PC games that has a strong heritage. I mean, Fallout is is as PC or as console as it can be, and Fallout Shelter was extremely well received. You can watch the video of of, of their you know creative director announcing that. And, and people go bananas. They, they really want this game. Then there's some other console and console games like Madden, NFL, FIFA. Those are all doing great. Yet, Pocket Gamer mentions the Dungeon Keeper, you know, the one that tanked. And, and, and it's, it's kind of like unfair. And it's not the case of 
if you have a strong PC or, or, or console IP, it will not transfer to, to, um, to mobile. Not true yeah, at all. Okay, Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. Fortnite as well. So, so th- that article kind of jumped into conclusion, but, but l- let, let me kind of reverse back. So I'm not jumping into conclusion. So I want to start talking about Blizzard and, and overall the market. So when you look at the news report, you can kind of see that, that, you know, 85% of, of game sector is is free to play games i mean 85 percent of all the revenues is coming from free to play games both on console and pc and on mobile and and the growth continues really fast and majority of the growth is coming from mobile then you look at at blizzard and and kind of think about the activision's dilemma i don't think it's blizzard's dilemma it's activision and what they're looking at you know from the side is like god damn it hearthstone is a massive success you have at least half a billion in revenue with with some 80 million downloads and the game was launched in May 2014 since then nothing has come out from mobile from blizzard you know massive success and silence so so the question is is more is 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 like you know for from activision side is like can we do something with these ips can can we come up with another mobile game because Hearthstone was a success on mobile and console and PC, uh, not console and PC. And, and you know, with, with these articles that I'm reading about, about Blizzard, people are kind of missing the point that they're saying that, that, um, that, that players are mad because it's an, it's a free to play game. They don't want a free to play game. Uh, they're, they're worried that it's going to be sort of an in-app purchase hungry game, just like NetEase's most of the games. And, and, what I believe is the true reason is, as you mentioned, is that people are just pissed because they didn't get what they wanted. And they they wanted Diablo 4. And the way it was presented to them was that, you know what, guys? We don't give a shit what you want. Here's Diablo on mobile, and you're going to play it. And, you know, from, from Blizzard's perspective, from Activision's perspective, it makes sense. Crusaders of Light, which is NetEase's game, they're gonna that which they're going to, you know, probably reskin to be Diablo has done about 10 million in net revenue with 3 million of downloads and 50% of the revenue coming from us. So, so I think, I think, you know, Blizzard is on a smart path, but the way they're, they're walking the walk is, is just not, you know, it's not very smart because they have a certain type of player base and, and they should have taken more of that sort of a Bethesda approach uh, where when Fallout Shelter was announced, people weren't really waiting for it, and they announced the, the the previous Fallout game, and they said, "Hey, listen, there's a cherry on top of this. This game will come out in like whatever four months, but we got this Fallout Shelter game that is coming out today, right now. Go to the app stores, and people loved it. You know, that's the type of way you want to introduce your game instead of saying like, you know what, we're doing this Diablo Immortals." It's going to be a, a mobile game and everybody has a mobile device here. So shut your mouth and download the game when it comes and it will come at some point. So, you know, that's what I mean. It's a smart strategy, but the execution is really, really poor. Right. I think my take on this is one, I'm, I'm really excited that Blizzard is working on mobile games for all, all of its IP. I mean, I would love to see a, a Starcraft, a Warcraft mobile game of some kind and um, I think that, you know, um, there's, there's always been rumors. Like I've, I've, I've heard in the past up to rumors about up to like even five mobile game projects at Blizzard. Um, but I just like, besides Hearthstone, to your point, I just literally have seen nothing come out. And so, you know, a big question is like, what, what's been taking so long? 
Um, I think the other thing that's interesting is just, you know, the hate on Diablo Immortals is, is just so nuts. Like, you know, you look at this, you know, Activision stock price, which kind of, you know, tanked a bit after the uh, Diablo Immortal announcement. And, you know, also according to the article, um, the, the Diablo Immortals YouTube video is in the top three most disliked videos on YouTube. <laughs> so this is just like absolutely nuts. Um, and again, as, as, as I stated in our last podcast, you know, I submit that part of this was just the, the totally stupid way that they handled the PR announcement um, on stage. It was just so bad. It was probably the worst I've ever seen in my, my career. <laughs> but, but so I, I think they, they definitely deserve some blame for that. But, you know, I, I think after, after the diehard fans kind of get over this, I, I think they'll you know, they'll realize, well, wait a minute, there's other games coming out. There's, there are multiple Diablo projects for PC and console that, that Blizzard is working on. Plus we're going to have all these other Blizzard IP on, on mobile as well. And so I I think people will calm down. So that, that's great. And, you know, I I think, you know, even back to the days when I was working at FunPlus and working on King of Avalon, I always said that the game that would really destroy in terms of March Battle and as like a 4X killer would be Warcraft with, you know, different factions. And I, I, I really believe that there's still a lot of innovation left in March Battle. You look at what IGG has done with Lords Mobile, look at what Lilith has done with Rise of Civilizations. And so, like, you know, I, I, I really think that there's just a huge opportunity for Blizzard in, in this market. Um, and so like one of the questions I would have for you, um, mm-hmm. because, you know, for me, I don't think at least for Western audiences, ARPG is the way to go. Um, you know, it hasn't worked. You know, we've seen what NCSoft's done with Lineage 2, which has been a smashing success in Asia, but not so much in the West. But so for thinking about the West, I think that the target should be, you know, Fortnite notwithstanding, should be a little bit less micro, a little bit more macro strategy based. Even like, you know, you know, I, I would play a Clash Royale clone with, with Warcraft or Starcraft personally. But my question for you, Mishka, is if you could make any Blizzard IP mobile game, what would you make? Oof, that's a great one. <sighs> any any of those. Um Damn, that came out of nowhere. There's so many opportunities. <laughs> um yeah. Because there's two ways of okay, so let me let me let me go through the way I'm thinking. There's the uh, the the game, the gamer in me that thinks about uh-huh. what will be a really fun project, and then there's yeah. the the business person in me who says like, dude, that is insane. <laughs> okay, give me both. Give so me both. so for for a fun project, uh, I would dive deep into the RTS realm, whether it's World of Warcraft, not World of Warcraft, but Warcraft or Starcraft. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, kind of bring that experience on mobile, whatever that might, might be, you know, you have to limit some micromanagement of, of the uh, RTS, but, but keep the essence of it, the strategic decisions, the everything. So, so it kind of speaks on towards that clash royale aspect, but it has, it should have nothing to do with clash royale it should be a totally its own, own setting and, and own structure with more resource, you know, gathering and so forth. So, so that would be my gamer project. I would, I would love to, to work on that kind of stuff. And yeah. if I would be uh, more of a business focused person, um, there's kind of two things. I'm, 
I think I've mentioned this before. I love Heroes of the Storm. I think it would translate to mobile much better than most of the games, uh, just because of the progression mechanics are, are totally different than uh, in traditional mobas. And it's it, it's I think it's it's a fantastic, uh, easily accessible moba that that really gathers the sort of a brawler audience. And we've seen Supercell launching their brawler soon, so I think that's sort of a um, you know kind of like between Arena of Valor and Brawl Stars, meaning that Brawl Stars is, I mean, it is a very simple game, and I've still yet to meet a person that has played it for extensive amount of time. Um, it, it's a super fun game in the beginning, but it kind of dies off because of the lack of strategy. Um, and then and then there's games that are really hard to get into, like Vainglory and, and Arena of Valor that have a lot of strategy, and then they're, you know, a little bit hard to play because of the all the items and so forth. So I would say my my money project would be um, Heroes of the Storm on mobile, and my passion project would be um, Warcraft on mobile. Nice, nice. Um, and you know, I th- I thought the other really interesting quote in that article was um, the one from Alan Adham, where he said many of them, meaning many of the the mobile games. Um, the Blizzard IP mobile games are being developed internally only, meaning that maybe the um, maybe Diablo Immortal is not the only game being developed externally. Mm, mm. But that that would also be interesting if they're if they're what you know if if they are allowing other studios, just kind of like similar to what's being rumored, you know, with with Nintendo that they're also you know uh, interested in working with other external developers mm-hmm. to uh, make mobile games using nintendo ipi I'm, I'm wondering if the room you know i, I mean i, I haven't mean, heard it's, it's just- most likely true given that activision is close to, with to tencent and activision is already working with tencent's top studios on on, on call of duty um right. so it makes sense that that those studios will be also working with with some of the um the blizzard ips because Honestly, like Blizzard IP is the most coveted IP probably in games. Uh, everybody wants to work with with those, and you can even see <laughs> you can even see people working at King. You know, once they got acquired, they always want to position themselves like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we're part of Blizzard Activision or Activision Blizzard. <laughs> so it's like, you know, Call of Duty, you know, World Warcraft, and you're like, dude, you're making you know, Candy Crush four five it's like it's a little bit different game and and and, but that just speaks of of us all being gamers and all be wanting to be associated with 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 those amazing ips and you know not not any kind of knock on on people working on any of the iterations of of candy crush they're all you know great games all massive games and and all fun games but there's a there's it's a different lane compared to you know world of warcraft so um it's no not a worse or or better lane but it's just a different lane so uh, people just want to work with those ips so i think i think it's great that that blizzard is 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 working on mobile games um just as a as a person who has worked you know most of his time in, in mobile games it's it's just it's nice nice to to see them entering this this fray and and i'll be i'll be finally able to to play you know blizzard games because i don't have time for console right all right should we move on to the final article let's go to the final one dude uh you want me to intro or are you gonna intro it? Well, sure go for it 
I no no no. Oh, uh, can you please? Because okay, well, I I, <laughs> sure, I, I can right. give you the numbers. We're, We're talking about flare games, right? <laughs> Got it. Okay. So uh, the last article is uh, flare games restructure leads to forty five layoffs. Uh, CEO Klaus Kirsting steps down, and basically what this article about is just that that um, uh, there has been a restructure at at flare games that um, they have laid off forty five staff. Um, and the former head of studio, Todd English, will take over as CEO. So there has been um, that CEO management change. Uh, and it uh, looks like the, the company is creating a separate entity that will uh, encompass its studios. And so I assume that the publishing side of the business will, will then be treated separately. Um, and seems like, you know, um, Flair has been around for a little bit, um, you know, in terms of the games that, uh, that I'm familiar with, you know, like nonstop night, nonstop Chuck Norris. And, um, what was the, the other game that they're famous for? Uh, Royal Revolt 2. Royal Revolt 2. Yeah. Those are, those are the only games that I can think of that, um, that have kind of, you know, achieved some success for them, but yeah, it's, it's definitely a shame, but, um, yeah, what what are your take on the numbers? So I just clicked on on something here in in Sensor Tower where everything disappeared. So so um, let me let me talk before that before I see the numbers. So so basically, you know, Flare Games is an it's an interesting company. Um, they they have been they're they're one of the sort of old school mobile publishing companies, and they're most famous for for one game, and that has been Royal Revolt Two. Um, if if we look at their if we look at their timeline, you know, throughout 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 you know like 2012, they they haven't really experienced growth. Um, apart from from the beginning, you know, once Royal Revolt launched in in 2014, beginning of 2014, that was that was their kind of like bigger spike. But since then, they haven't been able to launch any game that would have been able to sustain. So. And that doesn't mean that they have been they have been launching bad games. Like there's the zombie gunship survival by by um, shit. I forgot the uh, the developer's name. It's it's a uh, partly in Germany, partly in SF. There's the nonstop night as you as you mentioned from Coppola Games here in, in 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 Finland. There there are some some you know strategy games like Throne Wars. There's Dawn of Steel from from um, a company in, in Manhattan Beach was really cool take on on the sort of a build and battle type of games. They have done different kind of match mid core games like Super Spell Heroes, which launched recently. Uh, you name it, they've done it. And and what we can see is really is that they've been able to sort of get that featuring, and you can kind of see it from the download spikes, and you can see it from the revenue spikes. But but none of these games have had any any kind of long tail apart from Royal Revolt 2, which has accounted for almost half of the company's revenue through, 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 you know, purchase revenues through the time. Um, and, you know, since, since Royal Revolt 2 launched in 2014, and they haven't had a big success since, uh, most of the games that they have launched have, have, you know, quickly evaporated after launch that this was kind of coming uh and this was and they have been growing their organization pretty much every year so so this was this was kind of in and ahead and it's more of a question for you jk is like is there a sustainable business for 
a mobile publisher, meaning that if you don't have your own IPs, what you're really offering is you're offering different type of tools and abilities to grow. You know, you have your PM team, you have this and that and this, but but in the end, the developers you're going to work with are, how would I put it? They're either desperate since they're running out of money and they don't have the, re- or or they're not, you know, top of the shelf because they can't, they don't have the resources themselves. So they're sort of a forced to work with you. And, and I think you know, that's right. I, I think that's a, a very good point. Like, you know, if, and if you look at like the history of external third party publishing, organizations and in general it's just been super tough and there are literally you know tons of dead bodies and, and almost all the big guys have tried it and failed um, especially the the large Japanese companies who've probably lost more money at this than any other <laughs> companies but um, and now when you look at who's still left out there it's just like you know now that flare is gone it's like there's there's congregate which you know is and they're not you know they're, they're at small scale. And, you know, they're not strictly mobile games. They're also doing, um, they still have their web-based business. And then there's Tilting Point, which is more of a, you know, a UA a user acquisition specialist. So not like a, you know, general publisher. And so I, I think that does raise the, the point that you raised. You know, I'm, I'm with NBC Universal. I think there's got to be some form of long-term competitive advantage, whether it's like if you're from a media company like I am owning the IP or, some way of giving you that advantage. Um, and I, but I also do think that a, a lot of the, the former third-party publishers that have come into the market have made a lot of dumb mistakes. And, you know, they've, they've also just like, you know, not had the right people. Like, you know, you can't run a publisher with just a bunch of business guys, right? Like, I think that was one of the fundamental mistakes a lot of the early guys made. Um, where, you know, you had people who understood business, but didn't understand games, you know, um, and those were the guys selecting which games to publish. But yeah, I, I think this does just, to your point, speak to just extreme difficulty in being successful with, in, in, with this kind of a model. And, you know, it, it kind of even circles back to the, uh, the, the first, first article that we talked about with, um, Jam City signing, uh, a development deal with Disney and Disney just basically saying, Hey, we just want to do licensing because that, you know, that, that third party publishing business is just Mm -hmm, too hard. mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a good point. And, and, you know, I, I think the, the companies, I, I actually think it's possible even without IP. I just don't think that the right team and structure have, have, um, are, are out there right now. Like that, that team that's out there that can be really successful with this model isn't out there at least at scale. Yeah. Right. And, um, but I do think that to your point, the, the, the studios or developers that have everything don't need a publisher. Like, you know, you've got the cash, you've got the team, you got everything you need, you're good. So then I think the trick with a lot of external third party publishers is finding the, the 90% teams, right? The, the teams that are missing that 10% and being able to fill that gap. And if you're able to do that, that I think that's when you're able to, to achieve success. And you're, you're kind of on the, on the right point, what I what I think, not kind of, you are on the point when, when it comes to working with a publisher and most of these publishers are are very business driven, you know, and, and no knock on, on Flare Games or, you know, Tilting Point or Scopely and whatnot. But the thing is like, when you start your game development journey and you, and you you know you start your own company you have your dreams 
your part of your dreams is not to work with tilting point or scopely or flare games but if the publisher that you're working with would be blizzard or supercell or somebody else you feel like oh yeah, yeah i want to work with these guys because they're successful and they make games that i love to play and the thing is with most of these publishers they don't make games <laughs> like they don't even make games so why would you work with them and then and then it's it's like i i don't i don't think it's i don't think it makes any sense honestly um uh, you know, I've, I've I've looked into publisher for 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 a little bit. I can't say I'm I'm a, I'm a black belt in, in, in games publishing, <laughs> but I I just don't I I I don't I don't understand it. I I don't understand the sort of a business model where you're working with 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 desperate or subpar developers. It just it's um yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's how I see it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, that that's a challenge. And and I'm glad you re- you uh, mentioned Scopely. I I did forget to mention yeah, yeah. Scopely. But yeah, they're, they're, and then they've all had well. success, but most of, you know, and and good for them. Good for them. They're able to to connect the the developer with a big IP, be it uh, Walking Dead or or um you know, WWE and then without them the, the most likely the IP, they wouldn't have given the IP to that small studio but they're giving it to Scopely because they have the size they have the biz dev people and so forth and so forth so so I'm not saying that they don't bring value I'm not saying that it's it's a it's a bad business model or so forth but I'm, I just I, I find it weird I, I think the only ones yeah but to your yeah. point I mean no one's no one's proven it on a long-term sustainable basis at scale and I, I think that's you know, that's still the the um, the question that, and that's the, the story that's being written right now, in terms of whether that's that's possible or not. And you know, again, I, I do think it's possible. I I just personally, I I don't see a, I don't see the structure and the team mm-hmm. out there right now that can really like kill yeah. that. I, th- I think companies like Supercell could do publishing better than, than anybody else. And they are kind of doing it with these small investments that they're doing in, in various companies, you know, 5 million there, 10 million there and so forth. So, yeah. so they are, they're investing into these teams that they believe in and they're, I don't know how active they are in, in that sense, but, but it seems to give sort of a placebo effect to these teams. Like, Oh, the, well, the best mobile company believes in us. So that means we're on the right path. And, and, um, you know, Supercell could invest a little bit more in helping these these teams and kind of you know setting up a, a sort of a publishing arm instead of just investing. That would naturally be um, a very different strategy than, than that they incorporate now. And I'm not saying that that would be better, but I'm saying is that they could do it uh, better than others because developers believe in them. Developers want to hear their feedback. And, and developers want to work with them. Not they're not desperate, the developers that they work with, and they're not bad. They're they're actually the ones that you would, you know, you would any any publisher would want in their portfolio. So so in that sense, I mean that Supercell has a reputation that 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 would allow them to do publishing at scale. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. I mean, um, yeah. It, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, but um, it's it's definitely very sad. I mean, I, I I definitely do feel bad for Flare Games, especially since you know I, I have had friends who have worked mm-hmm. with them, and um, you know I've 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 heard only good things about um, the folks who have worked with Flare Games. So that's 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 yeah, and also uh, a lot of companies have open positions. Rovio, for example. So if you're listening and you <laughs> you've worked in Flare Games and, and you're kind of thinking about your next challenges, well. 
ping yep. me, <laughs> and, and, and I'll put you in contact. Next challenge, making Badlands Angry Birds <laughs> oh, Brawl. <laughs> JK said it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think I think we covered all the topics for, for today. Yep. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. And uh, just, just a random side note out there, if anybody wants to uh, check out my busted Achilles <laughs> heel, feel free to follow me on Instagram, jokim1, J-O-K-I-M-1. And uh, you can see my jacked up uh, killing tail. <laughs> that is that is so so good. So next time, I think we're bringing back Eric. We we kind of flew without him this time around. I think we should <laughs> we should we should bring him back again for for the next time and talk about streaming streaming sure, platforms. Yeah. <laughs> all right, folks. That's all we had. Have a great day, evening, morning, whatever it is, and and talk to you and next next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you, folks, for listening to this episode. As always, please do leave a comment. Please do send a note. Uh, we, I mean, I personally really enjoy getting getting all the uh, all the messages from you. Um, truly powerful stuff. And please do rate this podcast and subscribe to it, whatever platform you're using. And most importantly, please do keep in mind that all the opinions, literally all the opinions expressed in this podcast, are our own and do not reflect those of our employers. So Joseph Kim works at NBC Universal and I work at the powerful Rovio Entertainment and whatever we say is definitely our own opinion. So that's it. Tune in next week. Hope you enjoyed the uh, this episode and, and the next next one will be always better. Thanks, guys. <laughs>